It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Daughters, I'm John Miller, and this is Locked on Mizzou, your destination for partisan Missouri Tigers football and basketball talk five days a week. And before we get into our action, I got a correction really quickly here before we get into everything. Just want to say the event this past weekend where I met Eli Drinkwitz, well, that was put on by the Tiger Scholarship Fund and not the Alumni Association, as I erroneously noted this past Saturday. But anyway, with that out of the way, I do want to say I have a lot of good action for all of you today on today's show, including somebody in Australia coming after our precious mayor of Columbia, Miss Sophie Cunningham. I was not about that life whatsoever on Twitter. Also, a recruit, a new recruit, Tamar Harris, a guy you might be hearing more from hopefully in the coming years, but not a Missouri commit or anything, but somebody we've been keeping tabs on. I thought he had some interesting remarks on Conzo Martin that I'll share with you, but first I want to start with Cale Garrett. Yes, those of you who are deep into football have been watching the NFL Combine. I can't say I'm among those people. I haven't watched the Combine in probably 10 years since the NFL Network first made it into the TV event that it is. I believe that first year, that was Blaine Gabbard and Jarrell Jackson. That was their their year to be on, on TV and run around and do sprints on national television. Exciting stuff. But speaking of sprints on national television, Cale Garrett ran a 4.9 40-yard dash. And quite frankly, for an NFL linebacker, that's not very good. That's a bad number. Not a good time at all for Cale, but... You know what? If you followed his high school career, his recruitment, shouldn't be a huge surprise. Kale was never exactly Mr. Speed Demon at, at top speed, anyway. Let's put it that way. But the good news for Kale, he did have some really good quickness and agility numbers. So here's my thing. It seems pretty obvious. We know what Kale Garrett's strengths are, and we, we know what his relative weaknesses are, too, right? So do we think Kale Garrett's going to make it in the NFL? In my opinion, I, I actually do think he's going to make it. I don't think he's going to get drafted. My prediction is Cale Garrett will not be drafted, but he's going to make a roster as an undrafted free agent because he's just that type of guy. And you still need run stuffing at times in the NFL. There's somebody who's going to want this cat. I'm telling you, it may be more of an old school type defensive mentality team. Fine and dandy. Certainly, if you're going to be playing against a spread-it-out, throw-it-type team that's going to put Kale Garrett in coverage against, say, Travis Kelsey. Well, to, to be fair, there isn't a linebacker in football that can, that can cover Travis Kelsey. But just, you know, running backs like, say, Damian Williams, that's going to be, you know, again, another tough, line, another tough matchup for any linebacker, much less Kale Garrett. But all the stuff that Kale was great at, again, two years ago, I've mentioned this before, but that Kentucky game, the big heartbreaking last-second defeat, if we don't lose that game, I think people remember that game forever as one of the great defensive games in Missouri history because Kale was basically a one-man wrecking crew 
on some fourth down and short plays that obviously was was totally critical in a short in a close ball game there. So I don't know. I'm just not willing to count Kale out. That that's all I'll say about that. I know that four point. I think it was a four nine three even. That's a bad looking number for a linebacker. But for some reason, you know what? If you're going to give me odds on him making a roster next year, I think he'll do it. You know what, since we're on the topic of football, I do want to touch on the XFL just really quickly here. Wow, what an impressive number for Week 2 in St. Louis. You know, 29,000 in Week 1, they essentially sold out. I believe they did sell out the lower bowl of the old TWA Dome, whatever it's called now, that huge that huge dome in St. Louis. I used to call it the Monument of Sadness for a few years after the, the Rams left. But you know what? Not a lot of uh, sadness there on on Saturdays. It seems like a, a fun atmosphere. And I tell you, St. Louis fans, in, including my frequent co-host Blake Stark here, have really bought into the whole XFL thing. And for them to get 27000 in week four of the season, week two on the home schedule there, and those tickets, they're not exactly the cheapest thing I've ever seen either. That's impressive. And it just shows to me, you know, by the way, that 27000 that was more than the Los Angeles XFL franchise got in their two weeks combined, their two home games combined. I, I, honestly, when you think about it, I'm stunned that Los Angeles even drew that many people for the XFL. That's actually maybe not as bad of a number as you might think because, my goodness, the Chargers – barely even draw in that town so I don't know I, you got to be somewhat pleasantly surprised if you're an XFL person and certainly they should have put that Los Angeles franchise that that franchise clearly should have been in San Diego put it in a market where they've lost football that makes all the sense in the world obviously it worked in St. Louis next year if there is still an XFL next year get a San Diego franchise come on I mean really Los Angeles who were the ad wizards that told Vince McMahon to do that? Give me a break. Well, with all that said, we'll move on from the XFL back into the realm of Mizzou. Coming up next, got to talk about Sophie Cunningham. You're, you're not going to believe this, but she got into a bit of a physical altercation. I know, it's, it's stunning if you followed her career, but I've got some thoughts on somebody from Australia coming at my girl. I didn't like it one bit. And also... Again, some interesting thoughts from Tamar Bates. Did I say Harris earlier? Well, it's Tamar Bates and Conzo Martin. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Well, as we all, as much as we all love our Sophie Cunningham here in Mizzou Nation, well, it sure appears that she manages to get under the skin of her opponents and even some supposed reporters and journalists out in out in Australia. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I got into it a little bit just quickly with this guy called Brent Ford out in Australia. And, well, to be fair, he started it, damn it. But no, in all seriousness, he ends up, uh, he tweets out 
this footage. He says, here's the footage I've had sent to me of Sophie Cunningham on Keeley Frawling. This doesn't belong in the WNBL. So a very, very serious accusation here, obviously. So obviously I look at this tweet. Well, what's happening here? We've got six seconds of footage here. First of all, one of my annoyances, whoever shot this thing, did it in portrait mode, despite the fact that they're shooting a widescreen television. But hey, why would we want to get the entire television in there? God forbid. So we get, you know, about half the screen. So there's some a lack of context there as well. But we get seven seconds of footage. Basically, all I'm seeing here is this tall girl. She's probably six foot four. She's taller than Sophie. Is standing right next to her. Ends up raising her elbows up into Sophie Cunningham's face sort of try, and, and putting her hands up in the air as if to say, what, what, I'm not doing anything. But the problem is she is very much doing something. As she raises her arms up, one of those elbows catches Sophie in the chest, and then she continues to walk forward with her elbows again in Cunningham's face. So then, well, what happens? Sophie gives her a little bit of an open-hand palm to the face, and, well... <laughs> that was apparently the act that does not belong in the WNBL in Australia. But my whole thing was, you know, of course, this guy's just being a complete homer and acting like, oh, my goodness, yada, yada, yada. I at least I at least admitted that there isn't much context here, but come on. I, I had to respond there not only because, obviously, I'm a Sophie Cunningham honk, but also because... I'm utterly irritated and I'm tired of people who try to act like, what, I'm not doing anything, what, I'm not doing anything. Meanwhile, they are being incredibly irritating the entire game, if not in that very moment, as Keely Frawling was. I mean, come on. You can't put your elbows up and then walk towards somebody, especially if you're taller than them, your elbows are in their face, and not expect a reaction. That is passive aggression at best. And honestly, it was just... It was just straight-up good old-fashioned aggression. Sophie certainly hit her with some old-fashioned aggression. That's for darn sure. So, you know what? I don't advocate for violence, but hey, if somebody's aggressing upon you, well, sometimes you got to give a little bit of aggression back. What can I say? And just so all of you can see this footage as well, I'll hit you with a link to that tweet in the description of this podcast. All right, and coming up, We'll finish off the show in the final segment with Tamar Bates and his thoughts on Conzo Martin. I thought were quite telling. And also, yes, I'm I'm audibling here a little bit. I've got an idea. I, I want to I want to discuss the Houston Rockets and how they've gone to ultra small ball, losing their center entirely, and how it's actually working for them in the NBA. It made me think. Could Missouri, is this a path forward for Missouri? What if Missouri started going ultra small? We'll, we'll talk about that just as a thought experiment moving forward. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting 
shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Well, Tamar Bates, a guard, junior guard from Kansas City, Kansas area. Well, he's emerged as a top 100 player as a junior. And as you might expect, Missouri, Kansas State, Kansas, all kicking the tires on this kid. And Eric Bossy, who writes for Rivals, caught up with him recently. And, well, he had a bunch of quotes, essentially just a bunch of quotes, all about each school that's recruiting him. And, well, on just about every single one, what what Tamar was talking about was basketball. With Kansas, for instance, it was a lot about, okay, the, the sold-out atmosphere, all that stuff, you know, just the incredible fans, that kind of deal, the, the loud gym, blah, 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 blah. You know, Kansas State, hey, we want a we want a KC guy, we, we want to get you some minutes early, that kind of deal. But with Conzo Martin, he actually didn't say anything about basketball. In fact, here's what he said. He said, Conzo Martin has more of a, well, I don't want to say it's a business-like approach, but he knows there is more to the game than just basketball. He always talks about being grateful and showing gratitude all the time and really just being a good man. Me and my dad, that's how I've always been raised. So we love his pitch and what he always talks about. He's just a real guy. We rarely ever talk about basketball. He came to a game a few weeks ago. He's just a real good guy. So that was Tamar Bates. That Again, nothing about basketball there. It was nothing about, hey, here's the minutes I'm going to get and blah, 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 blah. And I think that that's... Now, that's interesting for a few reasons. I want to touch on it for a few reasons. Of course, that kind of pitch is going to really appeal to a kid from a good family. And it sounds like Tamar is from a from a solid family based on just based purely on his quote there. But, you know, there's a saying that you have to recruit mom as much as the kid, right? Well, you got to recruit mom and dad as much as the kid, right? And so... I think that's something that we overlook at times. And the fact that Conzo Martin clearly is a good man is very important. And it's not just, I'm not just playing lip service to that. It really does matter to me a lot. Now, obviously, at a certain point, if you reach a level of losing that can no longer be tolerated, then you can be Mahatma Gandhi and you're probably going to be serve your pink slip. That's just the way this business goes. But I just wanted to point out that. Not only is not only does it matter to me that Conzo Martin is a good person, but more to the point, I think it does matter to recruits and the type of guys that he recruits. You know, I think one thing I've been obviously Blake Blake Stark and I, my frequent co-hosts, have been talking a lot about the need to free Trey Jackson. Well, what what would I think if I can speak for Blake? I think what he and I would both like to see is just let let him play more minutes, just let him learn on the job, essentially. Go out there and let him make some mistakes. Let him learn. By the way, we're not playing for the NCAA tournament at this point in the season in any way, so this is a low-risk proposition I'm talking about. And to a lesser extent, I felt the same way about Blake Harris a couple years ago. But And you know what? Eventually, Harris, 
he didn't like being coached as hard maybe as 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 Conzo would coach him and and Conzo definitely is the guy he's the type of guy he's going to be demanding he's going to demand that you play defense that's for sure but he's also going to push you to be a better man too and I just I've always wondered I just wonder now maybe Blake Harris maybe he's just the type of guy I hate to say it who tends to look for the path of least resistance you know I don't want to just assume that everybody who transfers is somehow weak or something because that would be ridiculous there's plenty of great transfer players in Mizzou history including Drew Smith but Harris the type of guy I think he transferred high schools three or four times he transferred from Mizzou to NC State now he's already transferred from NC State again I just wonder that was just a marriage that was never going to work it seemed like you know Blake Harris only here because of Michael Porter Jr. And I guess what I'm hoping now is that I'm hoping that Trey Jackson, I'm hoping that he was, I'm hoping that he now knows that he always knew what he was getting himself in for and that hopefully he'll just batten down the hatches and try hard and just keep working, essentially. Just keep pushing. Because that guy's too talented to not get minutes on this team at a certain point. If he just keeps working hard, I just hope he doesn't get discouraged. I'm sure he's a little bit discouraged. He's never not played minutes in his whole life, so he's got to be a little bit disappointed. But if I were Conzo Martin, I'd just be going, please stick with me. You're going to get there. You're going to get better defensively. You're going to get stronger. You're going to get in better shape. You just got to have patience with it. So Trey Harris, even if you aren't free this year, I think you'll be free next year at the very least. And finally, just quickly here, if you're an NBA fan, Really the talk of the game right now, other than obviously Zion Williamson, is frankly the Houston Rockets trading Clint Capella for Robert Covington. Clint Capella, their seven-foot center. Essentially, the, the Rockets have, instead of just doing nothing but high screens with James Harden and Clint Capella all game, now they've just decided, out ah, the heck with it. Now the center, the center just is gumming up the works. We need to get... Russell Westbrook going because he's not a good three-point shooter. We need to just get him going to the basket. Let's get Clint Capella out of the way and play nobody over the height of six foot seven. That's pretty unbelievable. Now I'm I'm gonna be honest. I'm six foot seven without shoes, so that means I'm probably taller than anyone on the Houston Rockets starting five right now. And yet somehow that's working. Now I say somehow. I know why it's working. It's because it's messing up the other teams. Because while, yeah, maybe they'll give up some rebounds that they otherwise wouldn't have if they had a center. Yeah, they don't have very good rim protection. But by golly, if you're Utah, you don't know what to do with Rudy Gobert. They're, they're shot-blocking center. They don't know what to do with him when they play the Houston Rockets. So, now how do I relate this to Mizzou? Well, there are times when I've wanted Mizzou to go small. That's for darn sure. To go smaller than what they've gone at times this year. But to say that we need to go the extreme Houston Rockets mode, well, I can't, I can't advocate that with Reed Nico playing this well. Certainly not with Jeremiah Tillman on the roster. And certainly, frankly, with the dearth of shooting that Missouri has. But get some different players. Maybe get Torrance Watson his shot back. I don't know. Perhaps... Next year, if Tillman leaves, because guess what? Reed Nico is gone. We know he's gone. There's a chance that Jeremiah Tillman decides to 
skip his final year and move on to professional basketball too. And if he does that, I really think we're better off possibly if we ha- again if we can add another shooter, maybe a grad transfer who can who's a sharp shooter, a 40% type 3 guy. Gosh, maybe Mizzou should go micro small next year too. At least a lot of times because you know what, I like Parker Brown. I can see him playing some, don't get me wrong, but other than that, now you're looking as far as big guys, you're looking at Trey Jackson who's really not a big guy. He's certainly not a center. Are we going to play Axel Okongo a lot? I think you all know. I don't want to beat a dead horse here. Pick on Axel, but you you all know my feelings about that. While I'm a little bit more optimistic on Jordan Wilmore, who will be a freshman next year from Mizzou, you can't expect a seven foot three freshman to come in and just be an immediate twenty five minute impact guy. He seems like more of a project than that. A somewhat promising project, but still a project nonetheless. I really think in next season, Missouri could go micro-small. I'm sure they won't do it. I'm I'm quite certain they won't because Conzo is definitely more of a traditional, hey, I want big guys in there to rebound and protect the rim guy. And I get that. I really do. And Missouri certainly will have to shoot better to even consider this. But I do think it's something to think about because basketball – I mean, this is where basketball's going. We're going faster, we're going threes, and we're going smaller. I mean, honestly, if you're the big stiffs, if you're a big guy that can't shoot, pass, and handle anymore, you're you're getting phased out of the game, quite honestly. Like, you've got to have offensive skill these days. That's just the way the game's going. There's a lot of reasons for that, but you know what? I've droned on long enough to get into those. So you know what? Until next time, I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.